Welcome to another episode of Big Girl Panties. This is Jennifer Hodugatz. I have this new thing lately where I like to spend a day every few months at a spa to relax. Yes, I actually said relax. I tend to spend most of my days running around like a headless chicken between running my podcast production company, Hangar Studios, launching a second business, a United Tribe where I do coaching, and this podcast. Oh, and of course being a single mom of two boys. As you can probably tell, relaxing has always been on the back burner, as there's always so much to do and so much to experience. I spend my days wondering if I should take a shower or respond to an email. So as a forced relaxation, I started making it a routine to go to this spa. The spa is in the middle of Queens, New York. It's a beautiful, clean, high-tech place with 100,000 square feet stretched over four floors. They have six or seven different saunas to choose from, various jetted pools with different temperatures to soak in, and every amenity available from sleeping rooms, meditation rooms, food for every appetite, to a menu full of different spa treatments to choose from. There is one portion of the spa that I was most reluctant about the first time I visited. The nude, women-only area. Not because there was naked women of all ages, races, and body types everywhere, but because any little bit of insecurity I had about my body was magnified. I chose to strip and get on with it as it was obviously going to be a learning experience I got to face head-on. I took off my bathing suit, put it into my locker, and walked the 30 feet to the entrance of the women-only area. It happened to be one of the longest walks I had ever taken. It felt a little bit like Cersei's walk of shame down the temple steps in Game of Thrones. As soon as I entered, I found a bath that was available and slipped right in. The 102-degree water felt amazing, and being nude was liberating. I quickly got comfortable and started to look around in amazement of how beautiful women, in all of their differences, really were. I remember one woman who was extremely overweight, and instead of judgment, I was filled with pride for my fellow sisterhood that was being brave, vulnerable, and understood her own beauty. It was truly inspirational, and it reminded me that no matter what anyone looks like, they're perfectly crafted beings who matter. I spotted a place in the corner where petite Asian women were giving massages to fully nude ladies on padded tables. Letting go and having someone take care of me had never been comfortable. I would always want to be in the role of caregiver, as receiving was so difficult to overcome. It took years to be able to gracefully and openly receive a compliment for fear that, if I responded incorrectly, they would find me arrogant, until I learned just to say thank you. I went to the front desk, made an appointment for a body scrub and massage, and quickly returned to soaking in the bath. Soon a woman, named oddly enough Jenny, asked me to come back with her to the tucked away massage area. She asked that I lay down on the table face up. It was quite slippery, and I almost went flying across and off the other side as I hopped on. Not the most graceful entry into the journey. 
I finally got settled into place and thought, wow, I'm naked lying on a slab. Is this what the coroner's going to see? I closed my eyes as she took a large bucket full of warm water and splashed it over my body. I finally got my flash dance moment I had been looking for since childhood. Soon my thoughts started streaming in. Since my feet remain extremely callous due to my years of ballroom dancing, I had always had an issue with anyone touching my feet, and I was getting nervous at the thought that she might want to you know, massage them, which meant touching them, which ultimately meant I would be judged. Anxiety took over and opened a floodgate of other insecurities to be heard, ones I was not aware that I had because the conversations around those body parts were more like whispers compared to the yelling of my feet. My voices became a megaphone in my head. God, I hope she doesn't rub my feet. She'll probably think they're disgusting. Did I shave my legs? I really need to lose weight. I must be a mammoth compared to this woman. My JJ is just hanging out for the world to see. She's bathed hundreds of women. Where do I fit into the spectrum of bodies? I hope I'm at least average. As these thoughts emerged, other ones came in to combat them. The worst of all simply said, relax. Now, telling myself to relax has never actually relaxed me. It's done quite the opposite. And soon I was in an avalanche of self-doubt and judgment. To say I felt exposed was an understatement. And I thought my only issue would be to openly receive care from somebody else. Until one small voice came into my head that sounded different from the others and stopped the others in their tracks. It asked... Are you being present? I wasn't. I was allowing my thoughts to take me out of what was actually happening. I was stripping myself of the experience of being taken care of. It was annihilating my being here in the now. It was a choice I was making, subscribing to the bullshit in my head. So I chose to let it go. All of it. And began to focus on the sensations of being bathed. The warmth of the water, the way my skin felt being scrubbed, the liberation of being totally naked in a safe place. Come to think about it, the only person that was making it not a safe place was me. I realized that I was allowing myself to be vulnerable, and I was actually enjoying it. Being bathed by someone, whether you're paying for it or not, is an extremely intimate act. Think about it. You're allowing somebody to touch you, to clean you from head to toe, to remove the dead skin, dirt, and debris from your body while you lie there, naked, flaws and all. Intimacy doesn't just occur inside sexual relationships. It means allowing another to see you, all of you, your insecurities, the not-so-pretty parts. Intimacy does not have room on perfect Facebook page posts where everything looks amazing. It occurs in what's unsaid, in what you choose to hide. Brene Brown says, you cannot have intimacy without vulnerability, and now I understand that. Okay, so it's time that I tell myself. When it did come to sex in my so-called intimate relationships... 
Intimacy and vulnerability were never anything I wanted to be a part of. I mean, sex was sex. It was two animals going at it to reach a goal, and that was that. It consisted of power, control, and manipulation. It never had an emotional aspect to it, and I didn't understand why it had to or why I'd even want it to. I mean, really, you do you, I'll do me, and we'll go on with our lives. It meant nothing other than a moment of fun, even inside my relationships, and even those looked more like business agreements. I know this sounds so harsh and cold and disconnected, and it was, but it was my reality, and it was a reality that I had built. It had been my operating space for so long that it became who I was. I mean, fairy tales were just stories told to kids. There's no prince that will come out of the blue and save you. There are no flowers and birds singing when you're in love, whatever the hell that means. At least none that will last. Real love doesn't happen, and if it does, you run the risk of being emotionally annihilated, sniveling in a pile of your own snot and tears, becoming an unshowered recluse with empty bottles of alcohol on top of unread mail and discarded fast food wrappers. I mean, not that I had an idea of what would happen or what it would look like to love and lose. All I know was you're left vulnerable at the deepest level, and that was not going to happen to me. What control do you have at that point? I mean, if you remain in as much control as possible, then you can't get hurt, right? I had built Fort Knox around myself, and no one was going to be given security clearance to get in. Ever. When I look back at my MO for the last couple of decades, I can see now why I chose to be in the relationships that I did. Not only my quote-unquote love relationships but also my friendships, clients, you name it. But little did I know that included myself. I'm not sure if you've audited the people that you've had in your life, the ones that are still in your life, and the ones you're no longer with. And when I look back to the people that I've chosen in my life, there are commonalities amongst them. Not emotionally available, lacking vulnerability, and of course, the common thread to all of them was me. That's ultimately what caused the demise of our relationship, and I was the one to end the relationship almost every time. You see, I wanted them to be vulnerable and intimate with me, and when they wouldn't, I would leave. But at my deepest core, I knew that if they weren't going to be those things, then I didn't need to be those things either. I was unwilling to go there, and so were they, even though vulnerability and intimacy is what I craved the most. Until I was asked to stop and choose. Not just stop, but really get present to what was occurring with another person and allow them to see me. It was ultimately my choice. So much is said in looking to somebody's eyes for longer than comfortable. I could hear their voice say, I see you. All of you, and it's okay. You're okay. You're not alone. And I felt myself echo back the same. In that moment, nothing else existed. No emails, texts, or calls waiting for a response. No kids wanting this or that. No laundry to be done. No thing outside of that silent communication. 
It was just the pureness of that moment of connection. I find that we rob ourselves of that connection most of the time. Our time now consists of Facebook likes feeding our egos instead of true, intimate, and vulnerable relationships being our fuel, and keeping up with the Joneses instead of connecting with them in person. We've grown accustomed to, quote-unquote, knowing someone based on their social media post. What are we hiding from? Who are we hiding from, and what is the ultimate cost? As always, I encourage you to get out there, put on your big girl panties, and connect with your world. And if you want to connect with us or see any corresponding pictures or documents pertaining to this episode, you can find us on Facebook. Until next time, this is Jennifer Hodugatz. Big Girl Panties is hosted by Jennifer Hodugatz and produced out of the Hangar Studios in New York City. I want to see-